We continue our session with Barry Scott on this Air Check episode. Barry is the founder and host of the national syndicated radio show, The Lost 45s. This is the final episode with Barry Scott, part four of four, where Barry tells the story of Boston's Oldies 103.3 WODS format change in 2014, how the magic of nostalgia, how television helped promote the Lost 45 brand, plus how his role in reuniting the cow seals upset Howard Stern. Here we go. Welcome to AirCheck Season 4, a podcast about radio's personality. From radio personalities, managers, consultants, owners, and your most humble hosts, from Philadelphia, Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly. I'm Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. This is part four of our four-part series with Barry Scott. He's the founder and the host of the syndicated radio show, The Lost 45s. In our last conversation, Barry shared the story of his first book, we had joy, we had fun. I came up with an idea because of the interviews. Um, by then, I think I had 500 of doing a book based on the, the interviews. We had joy, we had fun, which comes from Seasons in the Sun, and Terry Jacks is a chapter in the book. The challenges of licensing music for a CD collection he was releasing. You know, a lot of the people I spoke to, some of them owned their own masters. Gilbert O'Sullivan was one of them. So I licensed two songs from him. Exactly how many 45s Barry actually owns. His horror stories of queuing up, playing vinyl records. Very windy on the Boston Harbor. There'd be 800, 1,000 people dancing on an upper deck to a thumping disco song, and the wind would come and lift the needle up. And how saying the word erection on the air almost cost him his job. We run or had run Viagra ads, and I was basically (laughs) told, unless it's about a blue pill, you can't say the word erection. Ladies and gents, one more time, let's hear it for Barry Scott. Well, Barry, as you know, if you find yourself in the radio business long enough, there's a good chance you'll experience and hopefully survive a station format change. You mentioned your first encounter with that process, but there's one particular format flip that affected you in a pretty big way. Talk about your reaction to Oldies 103.3's redirection there in Boston. Um, A lot of people say this about format changes, but I believe that format change in particular for me was the day the radio died. 103.3 WODS. Gloria Gaynor never can say goodbye. Oh, man, you guys, it's down to the last song here. Yes. We figured the last song should be the very first song that we played. That works, absolutely. You know? Uh, I have something I need to, to say to you. Okay. A couple of things. First of all, you've been an amazing pro here today. Uh, you've done this show since 1988. That's an amazing run. It's something to, to be proud of. And uh, one of our general managers once called you the conscience of Oldies 103. Oh, that's and right. That's, that's what I think we send you off with. Thank you, Jay. And you know what means mm-hmm. most to me about being here 25 years is you. And I mean you, the person listening. That is my favorite part of being on the radio. It's people. Yeah, because without you, there would be no us. Right. But so how's that thank working you, out? thank you for 25 <laughs> great years. No, I'm serious, JJ. Yeah, yeah. Don't make me cry. And, and, well, you're not going to cry because there's no crying in radio. Can't say thank you enough. But, but uh, we're going to say goodbye now. And the last song is the very first song we ever played on this radio station. Jay, this would be fun, fun, fun by your Beach Boys. Let's hit the fun button. What's your, what station guys? is it? Goodbye, Boston. Oldies 103. Um, the station was doing well. It was doing much better, obviously, people 45 over. And as anyone knows in radio, the reason that the 60s are phased out now and the 70s will soon be phased out or have been by most 80s stations or 80s, 90s and today is the advertising world 
is run by people who are fresh faced, just out of college, 24 years old. They think they own the world. They don't like anything over 50 or anyone over 50. They've come up with this, this mentality that by the time you're over 50, you've made your mind up as to what you're going to buy, what products are yours. Now, I could sit down and school them, and I've tried many times that I've seen many commercials and heard many things that I thought, oh, I should try that. Or being over 50 and having expendable income, hey, I could go on that cruise, or I could afford that product or that car. So I don't think that philosophy makes sense at all. I think it's been the detriment to radio that there's nothing there for people over 50. Um, and so when Oldies 103 ended, it wasn't because of bad ratings. And that staff was very close. We all really liked each other, hung out with each other. It was a very tough day and it was blown up for a station that never did well just to try to get younger Zit Cream demos. And since then it's been faltering and I think they made a major mistake. So yeah, that was a tough day. I did go in and, and what the, one of the last songs played was Seasons in the Sun. I got to play it. They did let us say goodbye. That was sweet. Anyone in the entertainment business understands the value of self-promotion. Social media has certainly put that on steroids. But when it came to promoting the Lost 45 show, you also went the route of television. The Lost 45s is a radio show, but you found some opportunities to leverage the use of TV locally in the Boston area and nationally as well. You were part of a VH1 behind the music that spotlighted the Partridge family. Screen Gems developed a sitcom idea based on a real-life singing family. Actually, the inspiration came from a Rhode Island-based singing group called the Cowsills, who basically were a bunch of brothers and a sister whose mother was put into the band by their father, who was their manager and who ran the family. The Cowsills hit the top 40 four times between 1967 and 69, winning fame for their smash rendition of Hair. That image of mom driving on a bus to concerts where the kids would perform became the inspiration for the Partridge family. We just knew. And locally, you appeared on a Gilligan's Island marathon for a Boston TV station. Oh, Rich. <laughs> you did your research, and uh, I like that. I like that. Oh, that's what I do. I mean, because, and you know, I've, I'm not often the brunt of this, but when you do that for um, Helen Reddy or Mac Davis or any of those artists, and you bring up something that they're kind of amazed you know, or they know that you've taken the time, it does change an interview. Um, that's what I've learned. And so, yes, I was on a Gilligan's Island marathon. Believe it or not, it was my doing because I was the marketing and promotions director at ZLX where that event occurred. It was Channel 25 and um, they were a Fox affiliate and they were doing, a, I think it was three hours, maybe four hours. So back-to-back -back episodes of the favorite Gilligan's Island um, episodes. Good evening. Tonight, sit back and relax as Fox 25 takes you on a Gilligan's Island marathon, a three-hour tour. I'm Barry Scott from WZLX, and this is my friend and co-worker from Classic Hits 100.7 FM, Harvey Warfield. Hi. <laughs> on WZLX, I host The Lost 45s, which plays hit records. And it was on a cruise, and I was DJing the cruise at the same time, and going around interviewing people about, and they, people had to dress up as cast members. So there were tons of um, Gilligans, there were tons of Skippers, there were tons, they, they were all there, Gingers galore. So, um, and Ginger galore sounds like the name of a, uh, Bond, uh, yeah, that would have been a good one. 
Anyway, um, that was fun. And Harvey Warfield, who was a legendary rock DJ, um, was the skipper and I was Gilligan and uh, it was cute. Hi, I'm, I'm Harvey Warfield. And I'm Barry Scott from WZLX Radio. For the next two and a half hours, Fox 25 presents Gilligan's Island Marathon, your favorite stories of the seven castaways. Harvey, who's your favorite castaway? Oh, I, I think I'd have to say Lovey Howell. Kind of reminds me of my... Most people know Tom Bergeron from Hollywood Squares and Dancing with the Stars. Tom, a New England guy, also had a local show called People Are Talking, and you appeared on that as well. Talk about that experience. I was on People Are Talking a few times with him, and the one that survives, it, the, the theme was the worst records of all time. So, of course, they thought of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's welcome some of our guests. Jimmy Gutterman is the co-author of The Worst Rock and Roll Records of all time. This is a fan's guide to the stuff you love to hate. Also joining us from WZLX Classic Radio, the host of the Lost 45s on Sunday nights, Barry Scott, and program director over at, I gotta get used to saying this now, WZOU, <laughs> Sonny Joe White. How about a hand for our guest today? And uh, oddly, they had Sonny Joe White on the show, so a big program director from KISS 108, talking about what music he thought currently might fit that bill. And famously, I misread the crowd. It, it was actually school vacation week and the crowd was young. And I ventured that the new kids on the block would be the next Lost 45s. Barry, what's your definition of what uh, good rock and roll is? Now, the Lost 45s, is it all good songs you're bringing back or just songs that have a curiosity factor? Mainly the, the songs that I play in the Lost 45s era are the tunes that people when they were 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old in the early 70s in the Partridge Family era and the Osmonds era and the Bay City Rollers and on to the early disco era with Kung Fu Fighting and songs like that were songs that people who in Can that age... Can you imagine anybody saying, could you play our song, Kung Fu Fighting? Oh, they yeah. have thousands of people who call and ask them to play that song. But, yeah. but those people who were in their early formative years then, um, those were part of their lives. Now they're 25, 35 we years old. We have an audience full of, of uh, people in the 12 to 14 uh, Who might not remember grade. the... Uh, the no, but, but what, what would be... Does anybody know the Bay City Rollers? Really? Mm -hmm. Just a few. The same people yeah. who know Bobby Sherman, whom we're going to talk with <laughs> later in the show. What are likely to be their lost 45s in 10 years? I'd say the new kids on the block. Oh, you <laughs> They booed because they were 12 years old, so I should have read it. I do play them now. I, I swore I never would, but I do. Um, 1988, 89, new kids. But Tom Bergeron, uh, an excellent host, and made things fun. Some of the other places you've been on television... Um of course, it's radio, but you're on with Howard Stern. Yeah, so the Howard Stern story was interesting. This was before he was really nationally syndicated, before he was well-known. I was working at CLX, so it had to be 91. Um, someone from New York called me to say that Howard Stern was talking about me on the air, and I didn't know who he was. So it happened for a couple days. It was the band The Cowsills, a family band from the 60s. They became the basis for the Partridge Family TV show, but that fell apart, so they didn't star in it. And they didn't talk for years after that happened because they blamed their father for it. The Partridge Family was modeled after the Cowsills, right? Come on, John, tell the story. And uh, they moved, the writers moved into the house. All right. They lived with us for a couple of months. Um, they watched our every move. They decided that we were absolutely perfect for the parts, but that Mom wasn't. They wanted Shirley Jones to be our mother, and we said, no. That's it. That's it. So no cow yeah. No cow I, I had an interview with one of them, Bob Cowsill. It went well. He recorded it 
and sent it to all his siblings. They decided they want to get back together. They came to Boston, reunited in my studio. We were on Good Morning America that morning. The man responsible for putting you, finding you, putting you back together again is here with us, right? Is that no, how it happened? One of the Scott? one of the team members, his name's Dave, Dave Scott. No, come Gordon on. Scott. Barry. No, Barry Scott. Brand, come brand on, Barry, Barry, get out from of here. From WZLX here in we Boston. Gary, can I say one thing in front of you? Boston uh -oh. has been wonderful. This man has been wonderful. Studio TCB, who helps us do our sound tonight, has been wonderful. This town has, like, put out the red carpet. It's been incredible. What, what, how, how did all this come about? Well, I can't be take all the responsibility sure, for it, but we, we did an interview on, on the Lost 45 show uh, last fall with Bob, and he liked the interview enough to play it for the family. The family got excited about we it. All and they're all cried in the living room. And go ahead. They're really repaying, they're repaying it all back by doing their first gig here in Boston at tonight Zanzibar. at Zanzibar. Yeah. It starts at 9 o'clock. They did a concert, really of the Lost and it made the New York Daily News. It got picked up by the Associated Press. Howard Stern saw it. He had had the cow sills on a couple months later. What we have here, Robin, are the cow sills. What we have here is a reunion. Yes. Look, let's be honest. The cow sills uh, haven't been heard from in, what, 20 years? I mean, am I insulting anyone by oh. saying the cow sills haven't been at the height of uh, the not recording? Our, no, no, not our reality is, is quite in right. place. On the radio, I thought a couple of years ago it would be funny if we got the cow sills back together, yeah. find out what happened to them. Expose them, to the, to. expose them to the New York market again, see if we can't get something going, right? Yeah. I thought that was nice. He claimed to have reunited them, and who was I? Uh. And so that was what he was blasting every day for a few days. So I called in without thinking. And unprepared, he, he was much more of a shock jock then. I think he's mellowed a little bit since. And, um, you know, it, it was attack after attack after attack. Who was I? And I was kind of thinking, how ridiculous is this? And so I actually said, you know, Howard, or whoever you are, I don't know if I actually said that. I don't understand. It's not like I reunited the Beatles. And I, I heard a click. And I was done. And so the next day, the Boston Herald radio column, back when they had people who actually listened and, and reported on radio every day, which was another thing that's missing, um, they wrote a headline. It said Boston Jock One, New York Shock Jock Zero. And I actually laminated that and sent him a copy and I never heard back. So that's my Howard Stern story. He's actually a very good interviewer and he's gotten better over the years. And I actually like him when his interviews are um, uh, they actually say something and they don't degenerate into crap. I think he's actually a better interviewer than most people think. Um, I just don't always like the kind of injury he does. That's Barry, the Lost 45's radio show lives in the past. It feeds on nostalgia, which is something that people gravitate towards. Over time, it ebbs and flows, but it's always very palpable when it's front and center. Throwback Thursday, way back Wednesday, flashback Friday. But what do you think the fascination is with nostalgia and, and why do you think it's so powerful in our pop culture? Well, my first knowledge of nostalgia, I was 10 I went to see American Graffiti with my parents um, and then came Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. And so the 70s were so nostalgic for the 50s. And actually, the nostalgia wave seems to be coming closer and closer. So the 60s, by the time I was at ZLX, the 60s, baby boomer, big chill nostalgia was huge. And so I was already familiar with it, even though I was 20. Um, I already knew it was that this was a thing. So I think I always prepared myself for the fact that the songs I grew up with 
that memory of listening to Leaving on a Jet Plane on a transistor radio multiplied by hundreds and hundreds of other songs. I'm not alone. Um, everyone has it to some degree or another. Some people much more than others. Some people have an affinity to the music much more than other people. Some people are rabid about it. Um, and and I, they even catch me on mistakes that I've made or things that I've said inadvertently or overtly that I don't know um, what I'm saying and they catch me. That wasn't from that album. So there are people that have it even worse than I do. Polyester was the blend of choice along with hot pants, hot hair, and sitcoms featuring ever perky families like the Brady's. That bunch, along with 70s trash glamour, is back. You'll see a lot of new looks this year that are really old looks. You're going to see the short, short look on girls, which you're seeing everywhere. The return of platform shoes, pants that have bell bottoms, and of course a lot of people wearing stars and stripes and they were wearing it back in the 70s. Even blacklight posters are enjoying a revival. Like it or not, we're experiencing a 70s flashback. It's when I grew up. It's my memories, my childhood, my basis. So you can't, you can't leave that behind. I think nostalgia works because it brings you back to a specific time. And Classic Hits Radio, I think, has done a disservice. I've heard Carry On Wayward Son, which I still love, ever since it came out in 1976. So for me, there are memories of that song or virtually everything that classic hits, the 300 songs that they're overplaying over and over, Hotel California, uh, Dream On, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, the ones that I now push the button for because I'm just tired of hearing them. I have a, a lot of different memories of those songs. I have memories of them in college. I have memories of those in concert in the 90s or in the 2000s when I saw the Eagles do Hotel California. But the songs I'm playing, you really have one memory of them. And they are when you were 12, 13, 14, and Andy Gibb came on, or Culture Club came on, or Rick Springfield's I've Done Everything For You came on. Those songs don't, yeah, good soul, don't give up on us, baby. Um, they don't have other memories because they haven't existed since, except on this show largely. And I think that's why when people hear them, it tugs it. DJ Barry Scott, who hosts the Lost 45's program on WZLX, found that 70s music is in such demand, people needed a time and place to dance to it. Yeah, I think it brings people back to the time when the music was definitely fresh and original and happy and made you dance. With all of the shows that you've done, the numerous interviews, is there a blooper collection? Um, no, because I tended to edit out the bloopers and then I didn't save the full... If I had saved everything, it would have been hugely ridiculous. I'm so you're, are you saying things that I said to someone that um, that was a blooper? I'll tell you the biggest blooper in my life. Um, when I was at Kiss 108 and it wasn't even a paying gig, um, it was an internship. Sonny Joe White asked me one day he was too busy. He could not do the public affairs show that he was hosting on Sunday mornings, which is a requirement for most stations that they do at least a half hour public affairs now. I'm not sure that requirement exists. FCC has reduced everything to virtually nothing. So maybe it doesn't, but then it did. And he said, you know, it, it involves Mel King, who was a very large African-American candidate for mayor of Boston, imposing. He looked a little like Barry White, but bigger. And I went in the room with a bunch of questions that Sonny gave me and it was going so well. It was a half hour show and I'd done the first 15 minutes and my parts would be edited out so Sonny would voice them and afterwards. And we got halfway through and I'm not kidding. I said, I'll be black in a moment. And he started to laugh. 
I mean, his laugh was great. He loved it. I turned beet red. I am 20. I believed I was 20 years old. And I got through it. We got back. We settled down. I did the second half. And then I went out and I had to tell Sonny what just happened. He thought it was so funny. And after he heard the rest of the show, he thought it was so good that I was able to get back on track from that, that I did get hired in their promotions department a couple months later. So it ended up working out in my favor. But that's one of the more embarrassing moments, I'd say. (laughs) So your show, The Lost 45s, it's available for people to listen to on different radio stations around the country. But if somebody's not able to hear it in their local town or city, their their city's not carrying it, can they hear it somehow? Sure. My website is one of the oldest websites that exists. Um, we were on the cutting edge of internet technology back in the early 90s when I was the marketing director at ZLX. So I got lost45.com and it's been on since 1992 when it was kind of odd to have a website. And now it's a, a pretty much a storing house for everything lost. Uh, it lists all the interviews. You can hear the artists say hello. Um, there are shows right now because of basically the amount of space we're allowed to have on our host. We have five years worth of shows. Um, the weekly show is always up there. And there's a variety of ways to listen commercial free and to get in contact with me. So it's lost45, lost45.com. The Lost and Found. How do you see nostalgia playing a role in the future for the Lost 45s? I mean, at some point, the production of the show will end. And you look at Casey Kasem in America Top 40, that show is no longer being produced. But the nostalgic value it holds allows it to be presented in its time capsule uh, on radio stations today. Do you see a, a similar shelf life to the Lost 45s and being played on a radio station as a nostalgic piece of history? I don't see why not. Um, one of the sad aspects of doing this show for so long is that a lot of the artists are passing away and I didn't want it to be a show that every week was memorializing someone, but you know, there was a a period last year where we lost Helen Reddy, Mac Davis, Kenny Rogers, all in a row. And I had interviewed all of them and had shows with them that were able to be repeated right away. And some of radio, especially classic hits radio, they don't really have the ability to do that because they're not largely local anymore. Um, And sometimes it seems like they're not even topical. So these artists can pass away and you don't hear a mention of it. So immediately the show that I was sending out to stations was withdrawn. And that weekend show was Kenny Rogers or Mac Davis or Helen Reddy. And sadly, I could do that with virtually everyone we've interviewed when they pass away, we can be the topicality that's needed. And I do think that this is a treasure trove museum of at one point, mid sixties, but seventies and eighties nostalgia, which I think will exist for one form or another for a long time. I think it's going to survive longer than we think, especially the seventies. The seventies seems to be the decade that perhaps even more than the eighties will survive. I mean, Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles and the sound from the seventies, there's a lot of songs from the 80s that don't hold up. The syndromes, the um, stuttering keyboards, they don't hold up as well. But I think the 70s, especially pop music, I think it does. And to kind of dovetail that point, are you approaching your presentation of late differently to create a longer shelf life for the Lost 45s as this new on-demand audio renaissance is taking place? Sometime in the 2000s, I think it was early, to, to like to, to 2005 maybe, Um, Because we're still in the 2000s, aren't we? Um, I realized that saying this yearbook 
27 years ago or 18 years ago wouldn't hold up. So yes, we did start changing that. I wish I had done that earlier, but that was a learning process. I think it is less chronologically incorrect. Um, so I could say this yearbook's from 1971 and not put a time on it and that will work forever. So yes, I've slightly made those changes. Um, but even if I didn't, even if it said 25 years ago, I mean, Casey's American Top 40 certainly has many dated references. Um, so I don't think that's a huge problem. But yeah, you're, you're right. There is a shift that I had to do. Just like this episode will last forever with Barry Scott on this date, March 10th, 2022. See, that's how it's done. <laughs> yeah, we do really appreciate your time, uh, Barry. Uh, all of the, the spin stories and uh, times around the turntable, up and down the dial. And now I've got to go find that Dan Fogelberg song you mentioned and listen to it. So, so cool. Thanks again, Barry Scott. It's a good one. Thank you, Paul and Rich, for having me on. And I do consider myself one of the luckiest people in the world in radio. I mean, I get to do a specialty show. I get to play and say largely what I want or what listeners want. And it, it, it's an increasingly difficult time to have a specialty show and to keep it running. So there's not a day that goes by that I don't think I'm fortunate for what I'm doing. And I thank listeners for that because they're the ones who want to hear these songs. Grateful is the word I use. If you're on the radio, you better feel grateful. Yeah, especially if you get to do what you want. Right? Well, Season 4 of Air Check continues. If you haven't caught up, remember Air Check Seasons 1, 2, 3, and 4 are always available. Season 1 includes Nina Blackwood of MTV and Danny Bonaducci of the Partridge Family. Season 2 featured Kid Chris and consultant Fred Jacobs. And Season 3, we talked with rock historian Denny Somat and legendary record promoter Bobby Silver. You can follow us, stream, and download every episode of Air Check on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Air Check Podcast. If you haven't done so, give us a great rating. We'd also love to hear from you on our Facebook page, Air Check Me. This is Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. We'll talk to you soon. Closing out another episode of Air Check, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. If you have radio stories to share, we'd love to hear from you. Join the Air Check guest list. Email aircheckme at gmail.com. Musical props are Chris Gordon's. Announcer props, I'll take those. Greg O'Brien, the OB. Air Check is available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Air Check Podcast. Air Check is the creation of RDPK Productions.